Welcome back to the Feeding Your Healthy Mind podcast. Today we're doing something a little bit differently. I think we've got through about nine or ten episodes now and I decided to try out um, using some new equipment but also trying a video podcast. Uh, For those of you that have never seen my face, um, welcome. Uh, I'm Natasha and this is the Feeding Your Healthy Mind podcast. Now we've got through quite a few episodes now and I was I started to think about the purpose. I started to think about why I wanted to start this podcast and what I wanted to do with it. And I think initially it came from really wanting to share holistic wisdom that I use in my personal business and practice, which is related to holistic healthcare, related to yoga, mindfulness, meditation, related to the ways in which we can actively change, grow and develop ourselves to become more aligned with the versions of ourselves we want to be. And that's without pressure, without judgment, and really trying to ride the wave of change rather than opposing it, which is something I've struggled with, something I think we all struggle with, especially when things don't go our way. And now that we've come to quite a few episodes of varying topics and and different things, I I thought maybe it's time to just talk. So for those of you that don't know my journey, um, I have talked a bit about it on some of the episodes, but essentially when I was in my mid to late 20s, I decided, I didn't actually necessarily decide, life circumstances changed and from that, I had to make a change, I, I was transforming. And in that transformation, I think I resisted a couple of things. I resisted things that were changing around me that I couldn't control. And I resisted the change that was happening within me that I also couldn't control. So there was a common, there was a common theme here of control. And I started to ask myself these questions of why do I want control? What is, what is it about control that's so important to me? And in actual fact, even though I think I'm controlling situations or I think I'm controlling things, I have no control. And the truth is we all don't have much control. Now, how do I get comfortable with that thought or with that notion? That was a big deal. It's not easy to think that life is a group of arbitrary moments with no particular goal or or reason or reaching any particular endpoint apart from death, which is something we all need to be comfortable with as well. And that's another topic. Um, Maybe we'll dive into death because I think that's also super interesting in terms of how how we feel about death, how we process it, grief as an emotion and emotions in general. But going back to what we were talking about, um, I like to veer off topic sometimes because I get loads of ideas and then it's like part of my personality. But if we go back and we think about external factors, internal factors, the fact that we cannot really control very much, how do we, how do we navigate that? Especially when it comes to our mental health, how do we bring peace to anxiety and stress that occurs from not being able to control certain situations? And I think if we're honest, we might notice that we try to control a lot of things that aren't even of our undoing. And that might be, we try to control others, maybe responses, actions, even choices. Now, this is something I learned recently, controlling others' choices. 
if you think for a second that if someone took away your choice and let's let's just go simply to like what do you want for breakfast if someone said okay you can have anything you like and then slowly as you ask for things oh actually we don't have that oh I'm sorry we've run out of that and how do you start to feel when your choices start to narrow for some it might be easier oh there's less to choose from I'll just have that and now let's go beyond the realms of food or like something we're taking in. Now let's go to the point where it's like life choices. Um, universities, for example, when people choose their university, as your choices get taken away because of certain boundaries or certain limits, how does that make you feel? Now, now think about relationships and family relationships and romantic relationships. If your choices start to reduce because other people are making decisions that A, impact you and B, are made for you, how does that make you feel? Now, let's reflect on this. Let's think if, if you can, or if you've got something that's coming to mind right now, just from some of the imagery I've, I've shared, um, what is it that you feel or when you have potentially taken the choice away from someone else that you really care about or love, or maybe not so much, just when, when can you reflect on a time when you've taken someone's choice away or limited it for them? So that could mean like making a choice before them so they have less choice, or that could be limiting information so they think they have less choice. And that might seem like it's not harmful, um, you're not out to hurt anybody. You're kind of protecting your own bubble of, of what the possibilities are. But what are you doing to that person's experience? Now, you might notice now that that may have happened to you at some point. Or you think that may have happened to you at some point. I know if, if my choice is restricted or limited, it can be quite frustrating. I can feel like I haven't had the full opportunity or access to, to be able to explore something. And if you do that to somebody else, you're essentially doing the same thing. If I give you less information or I police the information I'm giving you or the choices I'm giving you, I'm restricting your ability to grow, to adapt. And let's think about this in a codependent situation. If you're around people that you feel like you need to support in terms of their regulation or be able to change things so that they don't impact, they're not impacted by external things, Especially if we come from this environment where we care for others um, and we have to care for our family and friends. Um, we often do that, I think. Like, if we know that someone suffers from certain things or are a, li are a little bit more vulnerable, sometimes to protect them, we try to limit the choices or restrict the space. And in some ways it's for safety and I think it's completely fine. But in other ways, we have to think about how our habitual action is actually restricting them from making decisions for themselves and also potentially taking away a choice that they may have made. Now, life throws many things at us and we don't know what's gonna happen next. As much as we try, we try to figure out the weather, we try to figure out, um, plan for holidays, we try to plan for a contingency if something goes wrong, but really in actual fact, we plan in for all these kind of unknown errors because we really don't know what's gonna to happen tomorrow or even later today. Now, when we're in a position where we may be codependent, and when I say codependency, I mean our, our choices in life, our life 
paths are depending on somebody else and they can be um, either you depending on them or them depending on you and both of that is codependency codependency um, now codependency can be restrictive and unhealthy in some ways it can also be supportive I think many people will have their own opinions on this because I think it's very much based on the, the relationship between two individuals or the individuals that are codependent, how healthy or how unhealthy is it? Because at one point, those codependency um, habits, they were created because your brain thought they were the best thing to do to survive or get through. So they were helpful. And the thing is, if we continue and we continue and we continue with them, they may reach a point where they're no longer helpful, actually. They could be harmful to our progression or our development or our understanding of the world. And then again, they may be detrimental to how we treat or restrict others. So going back to this idea of choices and restricting choices, if a codependent behavior that was built because it felt like it was necessary at the time, later down the line is continued. But what's happening is you may be making somebody less adaptable maybe you've restricted their growth because you've continued to do something for them or enabled them to do something that hasn't allowed them to see the the kind of perspective or the full impact of their actions or what you're doing and now let's let me give you a tangible example because it's all kind of hypothetical at this point if at some point you have a relationship with someone that you know is afraid of um let's say gosh it's really hard when you have to think of something on the spot someone who is afraid of flies or bugs for example this is a very direct example um so you go out of your way because you've always lived with them and you're fine with it to kind of remove them from the space to kind of make sure that you've checked if there's anything in their space that could disturb their peace before they even reach it or are aware that there might be bugs but then say you go on holiday together to a country where there are very different insects and bugs than you have in your country and you haven't been familiar with them either. You may now feel responsible for being able to continue what you've been doing and on the other hand, you're, the person you've been doing it for is also kind of expecting you to be that person, to be responsible for it. So you've come to a situation where you're both in a space that's different from your home or your comfort space and then something comes into the room unexpected or in the space whether you're outside or inside and you feel like you have to deal with it and maybe you deal with it maybe you take the bug out of the situation so the other person doesn't notice before they notice now that is taking away something right i'm not saying this is good or bad <laughs> um but if you if they notice it before you do and you haven't got to it now how might that make you feel maybe guilty maybe like you couldn't do something you've been doing so well for a long time. So dealing with all the emotions that come with that. But also, they've now been exposed to something that they've kind of been hidden from for quite a while. And they might have a reaction. Now, this reaction could be a plethora of things. It could be, it could range from mild to extreme. And that's just how they respond. And you might start to feel responsible for that. And how will that impact you? So perhaps you'll go out of your way and stress yourself to make sure you make, you make sure that there isn't really a chance for that to happen or occur. 
Now, in that scenario, two things have happened. You have increased stress and anxiety or um, tension over something that potentially may or may not happen. And you're trying to figure out all the ways to deal with it without even knowing how it's gonna how it's gonna play out. And then for the other person, you may feel that you've been put pressure upon because of something you've continually be, been doing. But now you're in a space where you don't have that control, but you're kind of expected to. So that's another emotion. And the person who is afraid, terrified, who cannot be in the space with, with bugs, they will never be able to have that experience of potentially overcoming a situation because they've always been sheltered from it. Now, there's various different things that can go on here. But in this example, it just kind of shows you the ways in which our actions of trying to control something limit someone else's choices, but however, you're not really able to control the situation. You may be able to when a lot of the other conditions are continually the same. So pattern, works on pattern. But when you are put in an environment where there, are, where there is a higher risk and there is more unknowns, such as traveling, um, that responsibility, that pressure for you to continually do the same can really impact the mind and the body in some negative ways. So thinking about nurturing, nurturing your own nervous system. However, the other side we need to look at it from is we may be stopping someone from being able to overcome something that over time may have changed for them. When you make a decision and you say you dislike something, for example, food, um, your palate doesn't like a certain taste. Our tongue, our palate actually changes as we grow older. So if we continue to say, I'm not in that, I hate it, I ne I'm never gonna have it, because at one point when you first tried it, it was disgusting. In a few years, as you grow older, you don't know if that's a taste that you might actually enjoy. Your taste buds will have changed. You're introduced to some new foods. Um, unless it's accidentally put on your plate, you're gonna control a situation that it's not put on your plate. Control it so that it's not. But then you're stopping yourself from being able to experience something new. So I think that's, it's, it's some good reflection. It's some good things to think about when it comes to choice and change and adaption and growth. Because if we're all trying to feed our healthy minds, if we're all trying to develop and widen our perspectives and allow change to come through and be able to be resilient with it by being able to sometimes do things that are difficult, sometimes look after ourselves and nourish ourselves. Um, like in a previous uh, episode, I've talked about how yoga nourishes the nervous system through actually putting it under stress in certain postures for controlled periods of time in, in controlled environments. Now that actually helps the mind and body build resilience. And the same thing could happen. There are therapies in which such as CBT where they help people overcome fears in such situations where they're a lot more controlled and things are introduced slowly. But I think the main thing that I wanted to share today was this impact of how we make choices and how in which we may be restricting our own and the choices of others in order to support safety or perceived safety. So kind of looking at our situations and maybe when we do kind of reflecting on them a bit more critically, 
is a great way to kind of introduce this idea, but also perhaps get a little bit more information and start to ask ourselves, is this actually helpful? Am I potentially missing out on something by doing this or restricting someone else's experience by doing this? And is this relationship that I've created of support many years ago when it was useful, now unhelpful? Thank you for listening to this uh, podcast. Today is the first video podcast. I've actually really enjoyed doing this. So if you prefer this format, please let me know. Maybe we can do a bit of both. And if you have any ideas for any topics in the future, anything you particularly want me to dive into or talk about, uh, I know I talked about death, which I think would be a really interesting topic for anybody that is interested in tackling some things that are maybe a bit more difficult or things that we don't often talk about in society. I would love to do that. So thank you for joining me for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do, once again, please share it with someone who you think it will resonate with. And I will see you next time as we continue to feeding our healthy minds.